Welcome everyone to Bitcoin Magazine's Meet the Taco Bloods. Today I have a fantastic guest. He writes for us every week. You might have seen the Last Week in Bitcoin column posted on Fridays. It started out on Mondays, but we've moved it since to Fridays. It reviews some of our excellent work here at Bitcoin Magazine on the news, um, as well as highlights you know, some other things that uh, maybe we didn't even see. So Dion, do you want to just introduce yourself real quick? Oh, thank you, Casey. Uh, yeah, I'm Dion Kia, uh, based in South Africa. I've been in crypto for a while, and I've been writing for Bitcoin Magazine for a couple of months now. So far, so good. Uh, I haven't adopted the laser eyes yet, but uh, I'm getting there slowly. Yeah, so Dion, you've been writing for us for quite a while, and some of your pieces have been some of our best performing as far as page views pieces that we've had. So it's been great having you here at the magazine. And uh, I guess we'll jump right into our questions here. I want to know how you got into Bitcoin, Dion. Well, surprisingly, I first heard about Bitcoin back in 2011. Back then, I got most of my tech news and you know uh, things like that from Gizmodo, and they were pretty anti-Bitcoin uh, back then. So I assumed the, the same position. Uh, if I remember correctly, they literally labeled it as only being used by internet pirates and criminals. So uh, back then, you know, had I bought it at $7 or so that it was back then, I would be a, a very happy man by now. But 2015, my uncle, just before he passed away, we also discussed Bitcoin. He said it's got merit and I should consider investing in it. But I didn't listen. So it wasn't until about early 2017, right before the bull market kicked off back then, uh, that I really got into Bitcoin, started reading up on it, the white paper, the history of Satoshi and everyone, and kind of really understanding the underlying technology and everything that Bitcoin represents. I still learn new things by the day. But back then when I started, I did the, the silly thing with day trading, panic selling. So I learned the hard way. But I guess that is uh, the best way to learn. Right. Everyone has to learn the hard way. And, uh, you know, it's not like anyone can blame you for not getting into Bitcoin way back then. I mean, the level of, of access and information and education we have now is way different, um, you know, compared to 2011, 2015. Yeah. So uh, it's certainly a good thing that we've improved so much and uh, it's, it's a lot easier to get into Bitcoin once you hear about it nowadays. Undoubtedly, no, I agree. I think that that was the problem back then is, you know, there was a lot of misinformation, especially from mainstream media about Bitcoin. And I mean, all the influencers and everyone back then used to spread FUD. So it wasn't really easy to find reputable sources and everything that actually gave you more information about Bitcoin unless you went into the forums or you uh, actually went through the white paper, which I mean, back then didn't really cross my mind. It was just, oh, here's another internet currency. Great. Yeah, right. Like you said, like Gizmodo, like back then I would have trusted them, you know, based on their reporting. So it's just uh, things have changed certainly since then. And uh, yeah, I guess... Yeah. That, that goes into my next question about how Bitcoin has changed your life personally, Dion. I know if I recall correctly, you work in the crypto space otherwise, so I'm sure there's been uh, some pretty big effect. Well, yeah, I'd say, you know, financially, Bitcoin hasn't really changed my life because I haven't sold any. 
uh, and I don't really plan on doing that anytime soon. I mean, sure, if I, if I sold my holdings, I'd be much better off. But, uh, you know, I believe Bitcoin is a, is a long-term strategy and holding is, is the best option. But uh, Bitcoin's definitely opened my eyes uh, as I started understanding Bitcoin and how the global financial markets work. I've become much more aware about how governments and financial institutions exert control over the masses, uh, which, you know, it's becoming much clearer about the day, but more and more people are starting to realize, you know, that Bitcoin represents so much more than just a currency. It's it's financial freedom. It's a long-term investment where uh, it won't get devalued as inflation and everything grows. Uh, so that knowledge, I would say, changed my life drastically and I'm better off for it. I'd, I'd say I owe my life to Bitcoin in, in that regard. Otherwise, I would have, you know, stuck to fiat and saw the value of my money drop and drop and drop, as we see now, especially with the global pandemic, the U.S. Treasury printing more dollars by the day. Fiat currency really has a hard life ahead of it, whereas Bitcoin, on, on the other hand, I'd say has a lot of green candles ahead over the next few decades. Yeah, I mean, uh, I sure hope you're right. And I think uh, everyone who, you know, understands Bitcoin and as you said, you know, the financial freedom it offers, I think they would all agree with you that uh, the financial, not just the financial future, but um, the all around future for people who are um, moving their money into Bitcoin versus fiat currency um, is much brighter. And, and so I guess I would ask you then, what do you think is the most important part about Bitcoin for people to understand uh, in order to sort of like grasp this freedom that it offers? Well, you know, uh, besides Bitcoin being a great rainy day fund, uh, if I can put it like that, uh, I'd say there's two important things to understand, not just, you know, about how Bitcoin works, but I think a lot of the misinformation nowadays is around Bitcoin mining's impact on the environment and how it's being used by shadowy figures. So I'd say the most important things to consider here is Bitcoin's impact on the environment isn't as bad as the mainstream media would have you believe. Um, and I, in fact, I believe that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency mining will lead to more renewable energy sources, you know, coming to light and how the global infrastructure will shift to renewable energy sources. Um, so. The first thing I'd like to say, obviously, would be regarding energy use, which I think, you know, everyone starts considering Bitcoin, but then they hear, I oh, know it's bad for the environment. And a lot of the younger people, especially nowadays, are very concerned about the environment because it's our future, of course. So that's the first thing to consider. I'd say the second most important part is Bitcoin isn't just limited to shadowy figures, figures that are eager to commit crime and hide their wealth from authorities. It's for the masses. It's a way for you to safeguard your financial future, to ensure that yourself and your kids are taken care of in the decades to come. I mean, uh, the president of the US, Joe Biden, warned that it's very likely that towards the end of October, the US will hit their debt ceiling and go into a recession. 
I mean, what happens then to the value of your dollars and dollars that you've saved over the years? Whereas Bitcoin, on the other hand, its value is likely to go up. It will, you know, the people that hold Bitcoin will benefit from it greatly. So, you know, I'd suggest people look over the FUD out there and instead read up about it for themselves and decide for themselves, is Bitcoin the real deal um, or not? And then take it from there. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you, especially about uh, the part about making sure people understand its environmental impacts and how it actually incentivizes renewable energy use and um, using wasted energy and, and stranded energy. So, uh, you know, like you said, young people, you know, I'm young myself and so many people around my age are very passionate about the environment. And uh, it's certainly like a main focus for many people these days. So in order to understand that, uh, it's a major part of, you know, grasping Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, definitely, you know, understanding that it's not some sneaky tax evasion scheme and that it's actually freedom from, you know, a much more crime-ridden monetary system that is the fiat currency system. Uh, yes, so yes. I, I certainly agree with you there. Um, so moving forward, I guess, I would ask you what you're most looking forward to in the Bitcoin space, because we have so much going on around us, um, you know, Strike, uh, El Salvador. What's exciting you the most looking forward? I'd say two words. Further adoption. Uh, Bitcoin is still in the early days, as I'm sure you'll agree. I mean, we're like the internet early days. There is still a long road ahead of us as Bitcoin users and, you know, maxis and whatnot. And I, I believe as adoption grows, we're going to see not just the value of Bitcoin increase, but its effect on the global economy, on the average Joe. Not just, you know, us that are focused on writing about Bitcoin, but, you know, the mom and pop shop that sells something on the corner, the street vendor that sells food. How is Bitcoin going to affect them in the long run and their financial prosperity? So El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender paved the way for more countries to do so. We've seen the Ukraine, Laos and everyone else exploring their options looking at how they can integrate it or Bitcoin mining and things like that into their economies. How is that going to benefit them and their citizens? So overall, further adoption is, I'd say, the order of the day. And that's something that really excites me because uh, I believe Bitcoin will very likely become the global uh, currency, whether it becomes a reserve currency or you know, the, the standard currency. Um, remains to be seen, but I definitely think that Bitcoin can withstand pretty much any obstacle that's coming its way in the future. And I believe adoption is going to be quite an intriguing thing over the next decade, especially. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think um, I think every answer to this question really at its fundamental is just increasing adoption, right? Um, and so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it will be incredibly exciting to see, you know, places that have traditionally relied on the dollar uh, and its quote unquote stability and used it for remittances purposes. Um, it will be extremely exciting to see these places benefit from uh, Bitcoin adoption and really bring a lot of the world from this sort of like, uh, you know, subjugation to the dollar into like a, a, a new era of having their own or not their own, but the decentralized money system that 
they don't need to uh, worry about essentially. So extremely. Yeah, exciting. yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm. I mean, I'm from Africa, so uh, seeing governments mismanage countries is kind of the order of the day over here. And our neighbor Zimbabwe, for instance, uh, has been going through financial turmoil for two decades. And recently I saw that uh, some of the politicians have been suggesting that they explore Bitcoin, at least for remittances. Because a lot of Zimbabweans are spread out across the globe working and then sending money back home because they, their currency is pretty much worthless and they've switched over to the dollar. Uh, they're looking at things like that. I mean, uh, I'm sure you would have read it and the listeners as well would have read that Western Union is looking at losing about $300 million a year just in remittance costs in El Salvador as people switch over to sending Bitcoin back home. So Zimbabwe and other countries where a lot of the citizens are working abroad and sending money back home to their families, this is going to be a big thing in the years to come. And I think Strike especially will play a big role in that and the Lightning Network will play a big role in that. But um, no, I'm quite excited to see what happens. Yeah, starve those Western unions. We don't need them. <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, for the for the final question of the day, Dion, I want to ask you about price prediction for the end of 2021 and the end of 2030, because a lot of your pieces are quite bullish. And uh, of course, we ask you to be a little bullish, but uh, I'm curious to hear what you think the prices will uh, will head to. <laughs> yes, no, I try to remain bullish, but I mean, with Bitcoin... Uh... Everyone should be bullish. Uh, don't look at the short term, look at the long term. And long term, Bitcoin is very bullish. Um, although I'd love to see Bitcoin hit about $250,000 towards the end of 2021. I believe via, uh, around about $150,000 is more likely, or shall I say more reasonable. But sure, it may go higher, but that's kind of my lower estimate for the end of 2021. I think we... We're long overdue for a decent bull run on account in November and December being the months that we finally see Bitcoin at the six-figure mark. Um, that excites me. Uh, as for 2030, I believe Bitcoin could very likely at $5 million, maybe even $10 million. Uh, Time, of course, will tell. But let's consider more countries adopt Bitcoin. The U.S. government cozies up to Bitcoin. And the majority of companies, both public and private, adds it to their, their balance sheets. How does that reflect on the price? Uh, how would a billion or two or three billion people using Bitcoin affect its price? Um, I think the SAT standard is coming sooner or later. And that's really certain to push up the price of Bitcoin quite high. Um, so, yeah, no, eight-figure Bitcoin by 2030 would be excellent. Um, but I'm going to you know, play it safe and, and predict around the 5 million mark, which uh, let's look at that is still 100 times or more than it currently is. So if you're looking at investing over the next nine years, that's the perfect time to start buying up. Yeah, uh, I like that prediction. And I, I think it's uh, pretty on point. Definitely agree that these, the earlier prediction, uh, 2021, it's easy to get um, very bullish at like 300 to 450,000, but we also have to remember that that's like tripling the market cap um, after 100K, which is insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So there's a, there's a lot of money needed, but you know, on the long run, as you said, uh, it's, it's just bound to, uh, to continue to increase with adoption and, uh, you know, what is a billion people, you know, entering the network look like, um, probably the price going up a ton. So, um, I'm right. Yeah. There with I think one thing to consider there, especially is yeah, $10 million Bitcoin sounds excellent, but then you've got to consider how's inflation going to impact the dollar. Uh, how much is a one dollar and twenty thirty gonna be worth compared to now, for instance? So um, as Bitcoin, for instance, becomes the standard, how will that uh, devalue fiat currencies? So yeah, I think maybe Bitcoin could go even higher. But I think the most important thing to consider here will always be that one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. And once the twenty-one million Bitcoins are mined they're not going to you know, print more like the US does over the last year, especially we've seen them print like 30, 40% of their, the total circulation has been added. So it's, it's quite crazy. I think the important part here isn't to get caught up in the US dollar price, especially if it's going to lose value in the long term, but instead to remember that one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. Uh, I think we've discussed that before as well. I've mentioned it in my articles. I think we we usually get caught up in the in the fiat pricing of of Bitcoin when it's important to consider that Bitcoin will very likely replace it. So, um, predicting a price is is quite silly because if you look at a company like Blockbuster, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, are we going to look at the price of of a one Blockbuster share in two thousand compared to two thousand ten? It's it's quite silly. Um, the analogy probably doesn't make much sense, but I mean, yeah, you, you get the gist of it. The dollar is very likely to lose a lot of its value, uh, which in itself will already push the Bitcoin price up. Yeah, no, definitely. And I do recall seeing you say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin in your articles before. Uh, and, and definitely, I mean, the nominal value of Bitcoin as far as US dollars could be infinite someday. So yeah, know, yeah. the dollar fully loses its purchasing power. So SATs are the standard and it's it's definitely coming. So, but yeah, thank, thank you for, uh, for coming on, Dion. It's been fantastic talking with you. Your submissions to the magazine are greatly appreciated every week. I look forward to reading them every week. And uh, you do a great job recapping the news that we capture here. So if any of the listeners have not checked out Dion Guillaume's uh, articles, please go do that. Uh, they're fantastic. And uh, thanks for coming on, Dion. Thank you for having me on, Casey. I look forward to writing more articles in the future and contributing to Bitcoin Magazine and as, as a whole. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out the next episode of Meet the Taco Plebs and see you later. <laughs>